back on the car radio. You're on 910 AM Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, and great to have you on for our second hour today. We're kicking off the second hour talking about racing, uh, trying to get our good friend Stephen Cole Smith on the line. Uh, Stephen is uh, probably the premier auto race writer in the country, writes for Auto Week, Car and Driver, Grassroots Motorsports, and others. Um, and uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit today about IndyCar. Uh, my producer, Jalen, is going to keep trying to get a hold of him. Uh, but we had uh, some really uh, great racing last weekend. And the interesting thing was we had IndyCar and NASCAR both on road courses. And uh, uh, NASCAR is trying to do a lot more road courses, trying to mix up the uh, – the uh, the series there a little bit provide a little bit more variety to folks. Uh, IndyCar has done that for a long time, and, and I think uh, IndyCar today, in my mind, is is the most interesting uh, racing out there because of that diversity of competitive field. This is a uh, group of drivers, very talented drivers, top rung drivers, many of them uh, uh, who uh, who have raced in, in Formula One. Uh, internationally, um, and of course at the very top of uh, North American motorsport, they run anywhere from 240 miles an hour on the uh, ovals of Indianapolis Motor Speedway to run on street circuits like Detroit on Belle Isle that we saw uh, a month ago uh, to uh, to road courses like Mid Ohio where they ran last weekend. One of my favorite tracks, a track that I race at. Uh, but this is a series, in order to win the title, you, you have to be able to compete on all of these different tracks. Enormously demanding, and I think enormously entertaining. Uh, we got Stephen on the line. Uh, Stephen Cole-Smith, how are you today? I'm doing great, Henry. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, great to have you on the program, as always. And uh, and I was... Um, I was commenting uh, just before we got on, uh, got you on the air. I was watching the NASCAR boys last weekend at Road America uh, in parallel with the IndyCar guys at Mid Ohio, and I got to tell you, I thought IndyCar was more entertaining. Oh, I don't disagree. Um, NASCAR is more of an event. The fact that you can sit down and go through a, an entire six pack or two before you. Uh, uh, get to the end of the race, but yeah, I got to agree. Any car is a lot more intense than NASCAR is, yeah, and particularly on the road courses. I, I admire that NASCAR is doing more road courses. This is the first time they've been at Road America up at Elkhart Lake in Wisconsin in 62 years. So I, I admire that they're trying to mix up the series a little bit, bring in more road courses. But IndyCar is so good. Uh, the, the talent there. You got guys from Formula One, uh, like Romain Grosjean. You got these kids out there, like Pato Award. Uh, the, the veterans, like Newgarden and Dixon. And Mid Ohio is a really hard track to pass. It's amazing how, how how these guys find passing opportunities around that place. They really are. Uh, Joseph Newgarden drove an amazing race. I thought. Uh, uh, had just, you know, the field pretty well covered toward the end of the race there. Um, but I think he spent quite a bit of time at that track. I think that's a lot of help. But you've got guys like Pato Award and some of the others, Grosjean, and some of those that have never seen tracks that they're going to. And the fact that they're able to do pretty well there, I think, just speaks to their talent. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and you know, and you got to be on the ball every weekend. Uh, uh, Colton Herta was right there. With Newgarden for the first part of the race, uh, they qualified right on top of each other, and uh, but Herta had a couple hiccups in the pit, and uh, that was all she wrote. Yeah, it takes about three second mistake in the pits, and you're you're messed up. It, imagine trying to get three seconds back on the track; it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and that's uh, you know I think that's an element too. I mean, they're running ethanol in Indy car, so they got to pit a lot. Uh, ethanol uh, is not very energy uh, efficient as, as opposed to Formula One these days where they go a whole race on one tank of fuel. But, I, you know, again, I think that enters an element of unpredictability. And at the end of the day, this is entertainment these guys are selling, and 
Uh, you've been covering racing for a long time. How do you think IndyCar got here? I, I just find that such a compelling sport right now. Well, there's really nothing like it except for Formula One. There's really no good open-wheel American series out there right now unless you get down into some of the lower ranks that aren't televised. I think IndyCar has just played a good waiting game. They've played their cards very carefully. They've brought some good drivers in. They've got some good sponsors. Uh, the cars themselves, I think, are, are very effective. They're fairly safe and uh, certainly very fast and very evenly matched between the Honda and the uh, um, Chevrolet engines. I think they've done a really good job of, of maintaining parity in the sport. And going into a race, you know, who thought Alex Ballou would be leading the points right now and Pato Ward would be third and Scott or second and Scott Dixon would be third? I mean, you would think uh, it would be Scott Dixon, Will Power, uh, maybe Joseph Newgarden, some of those guys. But the fact that Palou and O'Ward are leading the points right now, and we're fairly deep into the season. Uh, to me, it's just amazing. Yeah, and, and just to, to uh, an indication of how competitive it is, uh, that mid-Ohio race by Newgarden was the first victory this year for Penske, uh, who has been a dominant team in the sport. That's that's how good it is that, that, that Penske uh, went over halfway into the season without a win. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same way in NASCAR. I mean, we've got Kevin Harvick, who hasn't won a race. Danny Hamlin, who hasn't won a race. Uh, both series, I think, have some fresh faces uh, at the front of the field. Uh, it's been uh, it's, it's been a long time before I've been able to say that. Uh, speaking of NASCAR, there's a uh, there's a driver there who's been dominating of late. Um, we we hear a lot of talk about Kyle Larson. These days, um, sort of uh, in the same breath as Jeff Gordon, as as, as a driver with with such immense talent that he could he he's quick and everything. Uh, is is Larson the new Gordon? How do you see him stacking up? I think that's exactly a, a good way to put it, Henry. Um, partly because he's in one of the Hendrick cars. Uh, you know, there's, there's, we're 19 races, I think, into the regular season and the, the, uh, Hendrick cars, the Rick Hendrick cars have won 10 races. Larson's won four of them. Uh, Alex Bowman's won three. Uh, it's, you know, the Chevrolet is fast right now. Hendrick is very fast right now. And you put a guy like Kyle Larson, who was sort of in a stranglehold at Ganassi all those years, he would win a race or two occasionally. But Ganassi, you know, who just sold his team, uh, has never been a force in NASCAR the way he has in other sports. Uh, so the fact that Kyle Larson's got four wins right now doesn't surprise me a bit. And what would surprise me is if that's all he gets. I expect maybe he's going to double that before the season's over. Yeah, he's been awfully quick uh, at, at a lot of different tracks. Uh, he was quick at Road America as well. Uh, what do you uh, read into the Ganassi news? Uh, is, is Ganassi, is, is it just time for him to uh, move on? He's had a great career, or is there something more going on there with NASCAR and the other teams that he runs? Well, Ganassi is a, a superb businessman, you know that, and the fact that he had two charters for sale with his team, and he says the team wasn't for sale. It's just that Trackhouse brought him a, an offer he couldn't refuse. Uh, I think the charter may be worth more now than it's ever going to be worth, especially with the brand-new cars coming in. And another thing, there's a, a news story or two on the wire about the new car, Henry, that it's not passing the uh, crash test very well. Oh, that's interesting. And and that new, that new car is scheduled for 2023, right? Yeah. No, it's 2022. It's, it's scheduled for uh, this year. The new engine, probably with uh, probably with the curves on the rear axle, the way uh, the uh, IMSA cars are going to be, uh, is probably scheduled for 2023. Yeah, so yeah, they're really getting down to uh, really getting down to it. That's yeah, it's interesting. I didn't realize that that news. You and I have been talking uh, a lot about these these new uh, cars, uh, both in NASCAR and IMSA. IMSA, I believe. Is 2023? They're targeting for their new prototype. Uh, that does that seem to be on schedule? Yeah, in fact, there was. A, I have a story on Auto Week uh, that just went up yesterday about some new agreements uh, 
they're going to allow the uh, hypercar to race in IMSA too, along with plenty of BOP. But that's been the big news in IMSA is that they didn't think the hypercar, which is the car that debuted this year with Toyota and, and a couple other manufacturers, would be able to run in America at all. But they'll be able to run if they want to, but they'll have to run along with the Le Mans Daytona Hybrid, the LMDH car, thanks to uh, balance of performance adjustments. So do you, do you think those two, the hypercar and the LMDH, do you think they'll be uh, competitive, uh, or, or do you think they're going to try to separate those, uh, to try to give the hypercar a little bit more, more uh, balance of performance? My impression was that uh, they're going to be equalized out. And not only, of course, do you have the LMDH and the hypercar, you've got some rear-wheel drive and some four-wheel drive cars that they've got to balance. I think the guys who do the balance of performance, uh, it's going to be a while before they get that right, I have a feeling. It may be midway through uh, the 2023 season before everybody is running on the same uh, playing field. Yeah, that's exciting, though. I mean, it sounds like they're they're really trying to bring in as many manufacturers as possible, uh, including those who have investments in the hypercar. So uh, that that sounds like uh, sounds like good business to me. Um, yeah, I agree, Steve. You, uh, yeah, the the uh, we, we also had uh, this very unusual event uh, that goes on in the United States every year, uh, Pikes Peak, I believe, and uh, that yeah. that was a week ago. What's going on at Pikes Peak? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. They had, I think, 53 cars put up the mountain. They don't run the motorcycles anymore. Uh, they just consider those too dangerous. But uh, the big news with the 99th annual Pikes Peak race is the 100th, which is coming up next year. And there's going to be a lot of historic cars. There's probably going to be some people trying to set the record. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe Renault comes back, if Volkswagen, who has a record now, doesn't come back. Um, this year it was pretty fascinating though. Uh, I went out there with Bentley and, uh, Reese Mellon and Reese was on a pace that would have put him second probably to one of the purpose built, uh, open wheel cars. And then he cracked the manifold, uh, on the way to, I think the fourth, uh, sector. Uh, one other thing they had to knock about. Uh, four miles off the, car, the course this year because the top of the course was solid sheet ice so they were only, yeah. only able to run about the three quarters of the track yeah that's a, that's always a challenge i mean that place is such a challenge for so many different reasons uh, and you have such an incredible variety of cars you, you mentioned Bentley continental gt3 was up there you also had uh, a model s plaid that went after the yeah. uh, hill. How did how did it, how did that do? It went very fast. Uh, I think that may be the one that Randy Popes drove. Uh, it did very well. Uh, electric cars, of course, don't have to worry about altitude. They don't care, uh, as every other car. That was pretty much it means you have to have a turbo to be able to get enough uh, speed toward the top of the hill to really do any good. But the Plaid uh, did really well. A couple of Teslas, not so well, but that Tesla was very fast yeah it's, uh, it's great to see all that stuff out there it's a uh, great time for racing uh steve thanks for joining us as always always a pleasure henry thank you uh, Stephen cole smith you can find him his uh race reporting everywhere auto week car and driver grassroots motorsport uh great stuff now we're going to take a break here on the other side of the break we'll have a little best of car radio you are on Car Radio 910 AM. Hi, this is Vonda Vonda's Law. Have you or your family members been seriously injured in a car accident? Charged with a crime? Convicted of a crime? Denied an insurance claim? Going through a divorce? Need a will and more? Give us a call today at Vonda's Law at 1-833-VONDA-LAW. Again, that number is 1-833-VONDA-LAW, and let us fight for you. Are you getting the most out of your Medicare plan? Are you sure? Many people with Medicare are eligible for plans that include extra benefits in addition to those found in original Medicare. Benefits like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage. Call now to see if you're eligible to enroll. 
The consultation is free with no obligation to enroll. In addition to hospital and medical coverage, at no extra cost, you could also get coverage for prescription drugs, dental, hearing, vision, and more. In many areas, plans with benefits are available with $0 copays for many services, $0 monthly premiums, or $0 deductibles. That's hospital, medical, prescription drug, dental coverage, and more included in one plan with premiums that may be as low as $0 a month. Call now to see if you're eligible to enroll. The consultation is free and there's no obligation to enroll. Call 1-800-571-8580. That's 1-800-571-8580. Have you been denied credit or hit with high interest rates? A low credit score happens to many of us, and millions of people are victims of incorrect items on their credit reports and don't even know it. That's why you need credit repair now. Our proven process has resulted in past clients seeing on average 11 negative items removed from their credit report and a 40-point increase after the first four months in our program. Call now and request your credit report and credit score for free in minutes. Call 1-800-783-9197. You're on car radio with Henry Payne. On the line with us, Cadillac Racing's program manager, Laura Clouser. How are things looking down there at Daytona Raceway? We've got a little bit of everything. The NASCAR theme, an XF1 driver, of course, IndyCar. And then the Insta crew that really take the machine and show everybody what it's made of. Talking to Jim Morrison, who is the Jeep Ram chief. I'm happy to report that Grand Cherokee has been still the market leader for five years. We held the highest loyalty. The best car radio program in all of radio. And you can only get it here on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation. Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Car Radio, you're on 910 AM, the Superstation with Henry Payne, and the Mustang is a true American icon, and we're going to wrap up the program today with two Best of Car Radio segments, also discussing great American icons. The first uh, interview is uh, with Jamie Groves, who's the Ford Bronco program manager. That Bronco is now on the market, and it is a sweet thing. And then uh, that interview with Jamie will, will follow with Jeff Roselli, who is the chief engineer of the Ram 1500 TRX. That's right, the TRX, the truck that they stuffed the Hellcat engine into. Uh, one of a number of super trucks now on the market. Always a joy to talk about that vehicle. So coming your way first, Jamie Groves with the Ford Bronco. Out in Austin, Texas. Uh, great, great to be. Kind of hot. Out here in, in June, but that's okay because we're all inside new Ford Broncos, which are nicely air conditioned. You can air condition them nat naturally or uh, with, with the roof, uh, roof up. Uh, we're joined by Jamie Groves, who is the vehicle engineering manager of this extraordinary project. Uh, Jamie, uh, congratulations on the Ford Bronco, and take us back to the beginning. How, how did this thing happen? Oh, well, uh you know, I've been involved with the project for four and a half years now. Uh, you know, it wasn't right from the very beginning for me, but pretty close. Um, you know, we, from the off-road perspective, uh, started very early on with uh, running trails. We were in Rubicon, we were in Moab. Uh, we ran trails out there to set the rock crawling targets for the program and define all those parameters it was going to take to to meet those. Um, you know, we spent uh, a ton of time out in Johnson Valley kind of defining what it was going to take to deliver on the high-speed, high-excitement uh, uh, tenant behind the program. And um, then, you know, we've just done a, a ton of testing uh, to support all of that and yeah. bring it to life out here. So it's kind of the off-road part of the story. Um, yeah, I mean, these, this, this off-rodeo uh, idea is really cool and uh, kind of a great way to bring the customers in. Uh, this this is a a niche 
a, a very fast-growing niche in this SUV age, but it's been owned by Jeep, by the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, I was recently at Holly Oaks in the Michigan area, and other than ATVs and, and motorbikes, it's, it's, it's Jeep Nation out there. Um, you guys want a piece of this. Uh, how, 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 how is your approach different from Jeep uh, going off-road with the Bronco? Yeah, so the, the Bronco from the very beginning uh, was really, you know, we, we wanted to be authentic to the Bronco brand. And so, you know, the, um, we certainly want to be very capable in the rocks and be able to run down any type of terrain, which is the, the goat nomenclature goes over any type of terrain. And, uh, so it's kind of the all-around vehicle, so it's not just a dedicated rock crawling uh, SUV. Uh, but on top of that, it needed to deliver on this high-speed, high-excitement, fun mm. aspect that uh, you know we've kind of built a reputation with with the Raptor and wanted to bring it to the Bronco. Mm -hmm. one, one of the things uh, I noticed as a tall guy, uh, as soon as you get into a Bronco after spending a lot of time in, in Jeeps, is ergonomically this is a lot easier car. I'm, I'm big. I get into a Wrangler, I'm immediately aware of the roll bar and uh, where I am in proximity to that. Uh, the roll bar here is, is more recessed. Um, uh, you, you look at the uh, console, uh, the Wrangler, you have uh, two shifters there if you have a transfer case. Uh, this vehicle has a, uh, has, a, has a shifter but then just a rotary knob uh, to go through your, through your uh, modes. It, it, it feels just a lot simpler, more ergonomically friendly when you get in. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, uh, you know, to your point about the, uh, the, the bar, the, um, the Bebo, if you will, uh, that sits behind your head uh, you know, in the Jeep, um, you know, we really focused on delivering this uh, more open experience, so uh, the democratization of open air. So uh, mm -hmm. if you sit in the back of the truck, uh, you feel just, uh, you know, it's even more open, right, because you've got the full uh, open roof out in front of you, which, yep. um, you know, having a bow across the, the center really intrudes upon. So we've really focused on delivering, a, you know, kind of next-level open-air experience. It, it, is, it is a totally open-air experience. Again, like, like Wrangler, you can take the doors off, you can take the uh, roof off. Um, but the, the term modularity keeps coming up. Uh, when you when you uh, talk to engineers in this in this program, uh, speak to that a little bit and, and how that benefits the customer. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we've got a number of things that make the truck uh, highly uh, modular and accessorizable. Uh, so um, the doors come off; they're very easy to take off. Uh, we've got a, a electrical connector that is on the hinge pillar that has a door that slaps shut once you take the connector out and protect it from dirt. Um, we have removable front fenders that are, you know, most front fenders are bolt-on, but these are very easy to get off. Uh, removable grill that can be replaced to, with different styles. Uh, and oh, that's amazing. You can actually replace the grill on I mean, one of these. If you, if you kind of get tired of your grill, you can put a different one on? Sure can. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, even the rear quarter uh, is bolt-on. So if you bang it up off-roading uh, or you want to change up the style, uh, with an accessory version, you can pull both the, the fender and the recorder off and replace those. The fender flares uh, are mounted with quarter turn fasteners, so a couple of flicks and you just give it a yank and the whole fender flare pops right off. Uh, we've got a modular front bumper uh, that has removable wings on the front. It's got a bunch of mounting points on it. You can get a brush bar, you can get a winch. Um, and then We've put accessory mounting points all over the truck. You see exposed fasteners in a lot of places. Yeah, uh, they'll have a Bronco branding on the head of the fastener, and uh, it's kind of a cue that, hey, we've got accessories that you can mount here, and it just really opens up possibilities. Yeah. So yeah, so you, you kind of saw that in Wrangler. I mean, Wrangler owners obviously uh, love to accessorize their vehicles. They like to take the doors off, but you, you kind of went point by point uh, through that practice and saw w ways to make it easier. You know that customer. I mean, you got the spare sitting on the back uh, trunk. You know, it's, that's, that's very, uh, very easy. But you literally went through, the, went through the car and said, how do we make everything that easy? Yeah, that was the idea. We want to make this uh, kind of a canvas. It's uh, kind of, you see what people have done with classic Broncos, and it's a generational product that, you know, you 
could be in the family for for a long time, right? And yeah. people may want to modify it over time, make it their own, kind of, uh, you know, when they get tired of this style and there's a new style they see out there, they want to mix it up, you know, it makes it very easy to, to do all of that. How has that uh, brand uh, lived for so long? I mean, uh, uh, Jeep's been out there since World War II, uh, Mustang's been strong since uh, uh, 65, uh, 64 and a half. Uh, Bronco kind of went away, particularly as an off-road vehicle. It kind of grew, became a big SUV, I think went away in the late 1990s. How, how has that, that fire stayed uh, uh, alive? Uh, I think there's there's a ton of passion out there in the Bronco community, uh, certainly outside of the company, and there's always been a passionate uh, core inside the company who has uh, really wanted to bring the Bronco back, and it's just fantastic to see it out here and see the smile on everybody's faces when they get out of them, uh, driving them off-road. Yeah, yeah, really, that's a powerful brand that can uh, live decades like that without necessarily having a product uh, in, the, in the market. So, so you guys come to uh, market. Uh, I'm going to test you here, see if you can name off all the trims. I, I, I can't, but you, you, start with a, you start with a base model. You can get it in two or four doors. Uh, take it from there. Okay, sure, yeah. So <laughs> the next trim series up is the Big Bend, uh, and you can get all of them in uh, two or four door. Uh, but you've got the Big Bend, uh, the Outer Banks, the Black Diamond, uh, and then the Badlands and the wild track <laughs> and uh yeah they all have their own kind of unique personality and uh fit you know the lifestyle that uh, the customer is looking for yeah uh which one would you get and why uh i ordered a badlands uh two-door two-three manual mm -hmm. also and so you're going with the base engine the two-three which is really good i mean i i, I that, that to me is one of the highlights of this program i'm a huge uh, ford ford focus uh, rs fan mustang fan you guys have put that engine that 2.3 300 horsepower thing in this is the base engine yeah it's great i mean it, especially in a two-door i mean the truck is light and nimble a 2.3 manual is just a blast to drive on the road it's a blast to drive off-road i just love it yeah so so you're you're pretty serious off-roader i mean you, you order a bad lands you want to take that off-road you want the disconnecting sway bar yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been uh, having a blast with them just through the development process, and I'm I'm uh, I'm a Bronco guy now. I'm an off-road guy. I wasn't before uh, the program uh, much, and so it's just been a huge learning experience and just a absolute riot to, to work on. It's been a blast. Yeah, but it, it, it's such a cool car. And actually, the Detroit News uh, Vehicle of the Year last year was the Bronco Sport, which is part of this family. Bronco Sport is not based on this ladder truck frame. It's based on the escape frame. But it, but in its own right, is a really capable off-road vehicle and I think has given people a taste for what's coming in styling. That's been a huge hit this year. Absolutely. I, uh, it's been just uh, so much fun to watch what people are doing with their Bronco Sports online. I mean, it's blown my mind the places you see those uh, those Bronco Sports uh, out on the trails and, and not even Badlands variants. You see, uh, you know, Outer Banks up on the tops of mountains and yeah, yeah. it's just so cool to see. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next few months. Yeah, yeah, I love that car. So uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you alluded to the high speed part. Um, but what, what, the other thing that's cool about the Ford DNA is speed. I mean, this is a company that was uh, whose, whose founder raced the car back in the early 20th century in order to get attention uh, for his product. Uh, you guys uh, beat uh, uh, Ferrari at Le Mans in '66. Uh, speed is throughout this brand. Your 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 uh, uh, Raptor uh, super truck is sort of defined, uh, created a, a, that segment. There is speed in this. We were out there driving around with Vaughn Gitlin, for goodness sake, on a high-speed off-road course today. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, again, um, it was a key tenet of the program from the very beginning. It had to deliver on that fun and excitement. And uh, so we've done things with the product to deliver that. You know, certainly the powertrain lineup, 2.3, like I said, is, uh, as a base engine is really impressive. And then the 2.7 is... Uh, it's going to blow people away, I think, for V6 in this truck. Um, 
the suspension system. We've got IFS and uh, racky pass steering in the front, so the handling of on-road and off-road is really good. Uh, talk about that a little bit. I mean, because that, that's that's one of the things that Wrangler and Bronco people are going to argue over, whether whether you have a solid solid front axle or whether you have the independent uh, 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 front front uh, suspension. Talk about the, uh, the the benefits, the drawbacks of that. Yeah, so with the independent front suspension, uh, you, know, you have less unsprung mass in the front. You can keep the contact patch of the tire on the ground and, and pointed the direction that you want it to go. Um, so it really does help in the, in the high-speed stuff, whether you're on the road or in the desert or hard pack, uh, you know, two-track in Michigan. Um, and then we've put uh, Bilstein ESCV position sensitive dampers in the truck. So, uh, you know, similar to what's in Raptor with the internal bypass position sensitive, this has on stop control and both jounce and rebound. So, like you felt today, uh, you know, this thing will fly through uh, some bumps and whoops and just kind of sucks it up and puts smiles on faces. Yeah. And, and, and you guys uh, took this to the most serious. Uh, test. You took this down Baja. The the uh, the on track guys, Ford GT. They, they they went to Le Mans. You guys went to Baja. You actually did this production truck in Baja. You were one of the drivers. Uh, talk about that vehicle. How you prepared for it and what the experience was like. Yeah, we got uh, the opportunity to to drive a Bronco uh, down there. We ran it as an engineering validation exercise. So Seth Kozlowski and Brad Lovell and I. Uh, Fielded the stock Bronco, just totally production except for some safety equipment, so roll cage and race seats, and we put some lights on it. Uh, carried an extra spare in the back and a jack, so truck was loaded down, but uh, performed flawlessly. We, yeah. we yeah, you have two seven in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, two, two seven yeah. twin turbo. Yeah, that was a Badlands uh, four door with the two seven. And uh, yeah, we only stopped on the clock twice. So the normal one thousand is a stage rally and uh, so um, during the uh, race we only stopped twice and it was both times for flat tires got them changed and kept going the truck for a thousand miles actually it was like 11 or 1200 miles I think uh, including some of the on-road sections was uh, just a blast to drive down there kept on going got us a podium finish in a class with a bunch of pre-runner race trucks so it's a pretty exciting experience yeah that, that is really impressive um, and, and is the nature of Baja uh, generally high speed I mean are you are you using things like the d disconnect uh, front axles or, or is, it, is that more of a test of just how robust uh, the suspension and whatnot is in this vehicle yeah, there's a little bit of everything down there the uh, Nora course this year had uh, everything from hard pack just desert roads to whoops we had some really soft sand with deep ruts near San Felipe. There's a bit of rock in it. It's you know it's certainly not a rock crawling course. It's not King of the Hammers. It's uh, but there's a bit of rock. There's a bit of technical windy twisty stuff. Uh -huh. There's some high speed. There's flat out on dry lake beds. Uh, so yeah, it's just a huge mix, huge variety of terrain. And Bronco is just made for Baja. I think you know the fact that. Uh, you know, they've got such a long history of running in Baja and winning races down there. We felt like it was important, A, to validate, uh, you know, the, the truck down there and just show that the Bronco's back, it's worthy of the name. Uh, but to be able to do it in a race environment was just, uh, you know, yeah. an extra special thing to do with it. I don't, you do not have Sasquatch back, package on. So people are going to learn what Sasquatch means with a Bronco. It's, uh, it, 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 it goes, it dovetails nicely with the brand. But in terms of that race, you didn't want Sasquatch, you want a, a leaner tire? Yeah, we just ran it with the uh, standard 33-inch uh, tire on the Badlands, and, you know, the, the, that package does have a bit more suspension travel, uh, which, of course, is a benefit in that environment. But uh, we could have done with a little more clearance. You're, you're running behind trophy trucks, which turn up the, the desert and put deep yeah. ruts in and so uh, you know so we certainly didn't have the clearance of a truck on 40 inch tires but we got through there and just kept on ticking yeah well, it's, a, it's a great story uh, really exciting to see the Bronco uh, come to market uh, Jamie Groves vehicle engineering manager for the all new Ford Bronco 2021 thanks for joining us thanks a lot Henry all right this is Henry Payne for car radio out in the desert of California, or we're in Nevada. We are in Nevada. Yeah, so we're at just across the border from California, in Nevada at the Wild West Motorsports Park. 
which is a really cool place. I'm, a, I'm an asphalt racer, so it's really cool to be out here on a dirt racetrack. I'm joined by Jeff Roselli, who's the chief engineer for the Ram 1500 TRX. Jeff, how are you? Great, great. Having a great day out here today. <laughs> it's a good day at the office. <laughs> for sure. Um, so um, the sort of the stereotype coming in into this was uh, Ram, finally somebody was going to take on the Ford Raptor. We all love the Ford Raptor, this halo uh, off-road truck that Ford makes. And here comes Ram with the TRX, I like to call it the T-Rex. And, um, and we all thought, oh, they're going to stuff a Hellkite engine in it and claim best year to 60 time. This truck is much, much more than that. Yeah, as you kind of heard this morning in our uh, presentation, Certainly, the uh, the engine is part of the story, but we're also very, very proud of the chassis we put under the truck. Um, from the you know the geometry of it uh, to the suspension technology, you know, the, the chassis on its own really gives us a leg up on the competition. And then, really, you kind of layer over that the outstanding powertrain, and it's it's a real winning combination. Yeah, you uh, you you come from the SRT uh, shop. Um, and you guys are wizards with performance over there. We generally associate you guys with Dodge, uh, with the, with the uh, Charger Challenger products, but SRT does more than that within uh, within FCA. That's correct. We also have some Jeep products, and uh, chief among those, and most related to the T-Rex is in fact the Jeep Trackhawk. Uh, so you'll actually see, you know, not only the engine but the transmission is, is shared with that vehicle, and kind of a lot of the learnings through the years. Uh, you know, we've been, we built Grand Cherokee SRTs since 2006, uh, so the, the transfer case technology and the transfer case dynamic modes uh, really kind of gave us a leg up. Um, you know, a lot of people said, well, all-wheel drive, you know, all-wheel drive, and we really like the all-wheel drive. It's a, it's a great tuning knob for us. Uh, as you felt out there right in, in Baja mode, we put a lot of torque to the rear so you could use the throttle to really point the truck. But, uh, you know, in, in our snowy Detroit weather, uh, you select snow mode and it goes to much more 50-50 torque distribution and it's, it's things like a sure-footed billy goat, right? Same thing, rock rock mode out here, yeah. uh, doing these rock crawls. We are real proud, and not only is SRT, but we also leverage other parts of the company, right? Um, the Jeep guys, right, they're so good at this low-speed traction. So when we talk about not making this truck a one-trick pony, whether it's a drag truck, or a desert racer. We're we're real proud of the range of the truck. Again, that just comes from leveraging every aspect of the corporation. The, so, so you mentioned the, the history of the SRT with these uh, other vehicles. I've, I've I've taken the Jeep track out on on, on a racetrack. It was a remarkable experience. We were we were up in the White Mountains of uh, New Hampshire, I believe, and you drive the thing, and 707 horsepower Jeep uh, on a road course. And 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 uh, it's amazing. It, you, you, you're, you're reminding yourself it's amazing that this is possible. What has changed since you guys first got into uh, uh, SRT modifying uh, uh, SUVs like the Jeep to today, where you can uh, bring this technology to a Jeep, to a to a, a Ram pickup? I, I think. Uh that's a great question. You know, we've, we've gotten more comfortable kind of putting these fringe models um, around really off of all the different corporate platforms, right? Um, I like to talk about, you know, even you talk uh, Vipers, right? We had ACRs, yeah. which were, you know, winged and downforce-laden monsters, uh, demons on challengers, right? Which are just dragster machines. Um, we've gotten much more comfortable sort of pushing those boundaries. And uh, great thing, and, and we're very fortunate, right? The Ram 1500 is a very solid platform to start from. Yeah. Um, again, it's got that geometry, it's got that look, and um, in the case of this truck, we just built on it. We wanted all this massive travel. You heard us talk about the 13-inch front travel, the 14-inch rear. Uh, we want a real durable package, right? So we've got this mega upgraded frame and all these really long travel suspension components too. And, and um, you know, just the evolution of, of the machine, uh, it's really become a, uh, just a, a great product to build off of. And we think we've really kind of taken that next step from a chassis dynamics. Yeah. How much do uh, electronics play across the board? I mean, you, when you say to somebody, they got a 700 horsepower truck, they look at you like they're not going to see you again. 
Uh, you know, that's power that you're used to hearing is in indie cars uh, and, you know, in, in IMSA uh, uh, prototypes. Uh, would, would, it, would, would it not be able to put a 700-horse V8 in a, in a production car unless you had really good electronics? Uh, I mean, it would be pretty, pretty coarse. I think part of the magic of this truck is the way the electronics work together. Uh, sort of the command center is our drive mode page. We talked about the automatic and auto mode that sort of is the best of everything. But if you choose Baja, for instance, right, the electronics start taking over from torque split, but also even the stability control, right, to give you a little more freedom to move, a little more wheel slip, right, we don't just quickly arrest it like, a, like an aggressive traction control. Yeah. Um, and the suspension controls, right? We talked again back at the, at the presentation about where we know exactly where the wheels are in travel. We can adjust that damping based on what the accelerometers are talking about the platform of the vehicle. And, and having those algorithms working you know, non-stop, the driver sort of choosing the behavior they want. It, 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 when you get it all working together, which is where we we are at with this TRX, it really does kind of make magic, right? Yeah. And when, when you, you talk about uh, accelerometers and, uh, and all this software that you're referencing, did that exist 15 years ago, or has it just been a gradual evolution? Certainly, you know, we, uh, in 2012, a lot of the SRTs uh, went to the Gilstein ADS. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, again, we adjusted rebound and compression, but it was uh, it just really sort of monitored the platform of the vehicle. And that was, again, 2012. Fast forward you know, eight years, here we are building 21 production vehicles. And, and, Again, electronics have gotten smarter, and we can get, use those wheel positions in, in conjunction with the accelerometers to, again, just kind of push that yeah. a little bit further. Yeah, just like any other automotive technology, transmissions, engines, you just get a steady uh, steady, steady evolution. But it, but it is remarkable. I mean, it is remarkable to harness 700 horsepower. I was driving this car on the street today, and it doesn't feel like 700 horse. I mean, it's a very civilized uh, car. I think that's the... The other thing that's remarkable is how capable this truck can be on a really gnarly off-road course like this, and then you drive it on on uh, on road, and it's a it's a it's a perfectly civilized uh, Ram truck. Yeah, uh, you know, having a lot of power on board uh, is is great, but having a real consistent delivery, real smooth power delivery. Sunscreen on all the. Um, Really is inspiring, right? It's confidence inspiring. Uh, we talk about it. this suspension has a level of plushness and control that you just don't find in other trucks. And, uh, is, is that because you guys are unique with the coil spring, or it's just comprehensive? Both the coil spring and also uh, the, the damping force of this Bilstein Black Hawk E-squared that we talked about. It can vary from 22 pounds up to one ton in each corner. So, in the in the off-road modes, we allow a lot of free travel around, you know, ride height. But as you get to those extremes, we're able to really cinch the vehicle down. And then, like you talked about earlier, in sport mode, when you're really <laughs> curvy road carving, you've just we've got all that damping force, and we can crank it up right as the vehicle begins to roll or begins to pitch and uh, It just it, it gives us just a lot of capability. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um... We're, we're, we're again, we're talking here about a pickup truck, uh, and we're talking about Bilstein uh, shocks. These are, these are, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking performance that normally is associated with the sports cars. Uh, there, there does, uh, there does seem to be something going on in the, in the world where uh, trucks are really becoming uh, luxury cars on par with Vipers, with Corvettes. I mean, you're bringing a lot of the same technology into it. Yeah, I, you know, I. To look at this is sort of uh, today's version of the full-size sedan, right? Something, something that you you know you could drive cross-country, and that's where that comfort really comes in, right? A real, a real comfortable vehicle. But also, again, if you decide to flip that switch and you want to drive uh, aggressively, or you want to you know get through the curvy corners, you've got the same options within the same vehicle. You just don't have to come. Yeah. So, so uh, what, what are you doing to the chassis? I know the uh, I've been talking to the test drivers here. They're really impressed with how solid this chassis is. Again, we're we're talking about a ladder frame chassis. This is not a sophisticated 
uh, you know, carbon fiber tub like you would find in a uh, Ferrari or, you know, even a, a sophisticated monocoque like you'd, you'd find in a Corvette. What are you guys doing in the chassis to make this thing so stiff? So we start with a Ram 1500 chassis, and then we've actually, 74% of this is all new. Gone with thicker materials, pretty much the thickest we can stamp. Also, some of the highest tensile strength steels you can find in the world. And we've really, uh, early on in the process, right, we take our, dem our mule vehicles out, we take competitor vehicles out, and we measure the loads through it. And then we're able to simulate and iterate um, exactly where the loads are really getting into the frame, where they're twisting, where they're bending. And as you saw from the rolling chassis, we have tons of reinforcement, yeah. tons of very unique parts. Uh, we talk about our shock towers, especially in the, in the front, uh, how thick and reinforced it is to handle loads like you see up here with the vehicle weighing uh, the frame. And, and that's another area right, where we really lean on our frame and our durability experts to give us a solid foundation for the truck. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, with the, all the suspension travel we moved, Pretty much every suspension point, whether it was to package the longer shock or the larger diameter spring or the longer control arm. Yes. It is a very evolved uh, frame, but again, you know, it travels down the same production line. We, we've got to honor the manufacturing team and the ability to build this vehicle consistently. <laughs> and it's, it's so wide at 88 inches that you guys got to put... Uh you, you got to put uh, uh, three lights on on the front, which is what, what's that a regulation for? For heavy duty trucks? It's actually for any vehicle over 80 inches wide. Yeah. You have to have the three identifiers. So it's a heavy duty. It's a semi. It's anything. Yeah, it's a duly equipped vehicle. It's it's really one of these vehicles that exceed the 80 mark. Um, what's really great is I, you know, I kind of talked about manufacturing. What's cool is being in the assembly plant and seeing you know uh, a big horn, a long horn, a, a rebel. And then there's this this shape behind it that actually perfectly outlines the the Ram 1500. Right, we're we're taller, we're wider, and it almost looks like a shadow, like your eyes are playing tricks on you. But it is in fact a TRX coming down the line, you know, right behind it, kind of this looming figure. It's it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> so um, uh, when you talk to engineers uh, like yourself, and and you're putting all this effort into the chassis, into the shocks, making this thing a really capable off-roader. And people say, oh, okay, I, I, this, is, this is a car for the motorheads. But in fact, you guys are still packing the interior with all the same goodies that are in a uh, Ram Limited. You've got the 12-inch screen. Is that a, I mean, how do, how do, you, how do you do that duality? That seems like, that, to somebody who's working on a, a chassis, that's a lot of unnecessary weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give the interior guys a lot of credit. You know, I... I certainly am much more of a chassis guy, a nuts and bolts kind of guy, but they really go over the top, right? I mean, we, we have a, a luxury level interior, the Ram 1500 has won awards for that, and uh, we were able to kind of take that level of luxury and apply some sport to it, right? You saw we've gone to the console-mounted shifter, we've added the paddle shifters, uh, more aggressive bolstering in the seat back, and, uh, you know, it's, it really keeps that high level of luxury. That, Again, that thing that the customer, when they are using day-to-day, -day, can really enjoy. Uh, but it also adds some support to the equation and also some more driver control, right? Yeah. We've got the manual gate on the shifter as well as the paddles. And I think that 12-inch radio, when we talk about our drive loads and our performance pages, we've got a great big screen to really coach you through and illustrate you know, what's changing when, but also tell you about your vehicle, whether it's uh, the in-vehicle dyno pages or the acceleration tunnels, right? It's kind of all there and you're not squinting, you're not digging for information. Uh, it makes your job easier and it makes the driving experience more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have performance pages. We're used to that from the SRT Dodges. It's great to see that in a truck and on a 12-inch screen it is so much easier, <laughs> so much easier to read. Well, Jeff Roselli, uh, Chief Engineer uh, for the new Ram T-Rex, Ram 1500 T-Rex. Congratulations on the truck and thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Like I said, I hope you guys uh, really get a chance to experience all of the truck has. Uh, it's, it's an awesome machine. The following message has been brought to you by the doctors of horsely foot and ankle. Thick, dark fungus nails? We treat that. Those hideous bunions and hammer tones? We treat that. What about those thick corns and calluses? We treat that too. I suffer from foot pain and heel pain. We treat that. Even falls, breaks, and sprains? We most definitely treat that. 
Let the board-certified podiatrist of Horsley Foot and Ankle Surgeons treat all your foot and ankle needs. Call us today at 248-559-5200. That's 248-559-5200. Horsley Foot and Ankle is Metro Detroit's premier foot and ankle specialist. Make your appointment today. Call 248-559-5200. Diabetic feet? We treat that. Painful legs and cramps? We treat that. Numbness and tingling? We treat that too. Horsley Foot and Ankle treats it all. Make your appointment today. Call 248-559-5200. Hi, I'm Hunter Ellis, and this is Atomic Beam USA. Another bright idea from Bulbhead, the ultra-bright, tough-grade flashlight that features tactical technology used by U.S. Special Forces. This flashlight has a feeble 125 lux output. The Atomic Beam USA has up to 5,000 lux. That's 40 times more. We're going to drop it hundreds of feet from this helicopter. It hits the tarmac, and it's still working. That's what I call a tough flashlight. Heavy downpours, mud puddles, even extreme temperatures are no match. You could spend over $100, or the Atomic Beam USA can be yours for just $19.99 with free lifetime guarantee. Order now, you can double it and get a second Atomic Beam USA. Just pay a separate fee, and we'll even ship them to you for free. Atomic Beam USA is just $19.99. Order now. Call 1-800-638-2619 to get your Atomic Beam USA. Call now or go to AtomicBeam.com. So call 1-800-638-2619. Deluxe version available. Order now. Listen up, America. Are you or a loved one suffering with an addiction to alcohol, opiates, prescription painkillers, or other drugs? There is hope. Medication-assisted treatment is proven most effective for opiate addiction recovery. Utilizing medications such as methadone, suboxone, and subutex combined with inpatient treatment, you can achieve lasting recovery. Most insurance is accepted, so call us now. Please call 800-625-5860. So, you've decided to go to college. That's cool. So, pop quiz. Which is a better way to earn your degree? Commute to college and fill your gas tank, get stuck in traffic, drive in bad weather, try to find a parking space, walk a half mile to class, or learn online at Independence University. You don't go to college. College goes to you. That's Independence. That's Independence University. And all your supplies, including a brand new laptop and tablet, are included with tuition. Independence U for an independent you. Call 1-800-556-7791. Are you drowning in debt? Struggling just to make minimum payments? It's not your fault. Serious debt can happen to anyone, but there is hope. Our debt-free program has helped thousands of good people just like you 